Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Good morning. As they finish. And we're going to sing, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day.
if you'll join with me for the responsive reading. Hopefully the words will be up there to help you with your part. Uh, the name Prince of Peace is Hebrew Shar Shalom, which means the one who removes all peace-disturbing factors and secures peace. It helps us to explain why Jesus disappointed his countrymen when he came. They did not want a peaceful prince. They did... They wanted a Roman, the Roman rulers taken away and their oppressors with them. But Jesus didn't lift a finger against Rome. He didn't make one international peace treaty. How can he then be considered the Prince of Peace? Notice two different statements from the New Testament. Luke 2.14 states, Glory to God in the highest, and earth peace to men. But in Matthew 10.34, Jesus said, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. How can I bring these two statements? How can these two statements be reconciled? Can we blame Jesus' countrymen for rejecting the Prince of Peace if our own world is still engulfed in conflict as we move into the third millennium, the first phrase of Messiah's coming, coming produced a peace unknown to man since the fall of Adam into sin. It is rooted in the saving mission carried out by Christ on our behalf. Paul wrote, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not coming against them, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. This means that the peace Jesus brought is more than negotiated ceasefire between ourselves and God. It is a peace that changes us from our enemies into the children of God. So significant was the power of the Son of God that he was able to bring calm to the natural storms on the turbulent Sea of Galilee. Get up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. So effective is his work on the cross that he is able to make peace between God and man. For God was pleased through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies and minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you. The good news of salvation is Christ is acknowledged as the root of peace in our hearts of the redeemed. The message God sent to all the people of Israel, telling them the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all.
right, ready? When I count to three, one, look at me, one, two, three. God must have had a part in that because without the accompaniment music, you could hear the harmony, and um, and the choreography was just great. Let's give them another hand. They were very good. <laughs> Isaiah chapter nine verse six reads: "For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders." And he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This Christmas Sunday, we consider Jesus as our Prince of Peace. But don't you think this title's kind of a, a misnomer? As that video clip illustrated, man's history is a history of war, not a history of peace. And since Christ came to this earth, we've seen some of the most horrific wars in human history. In the 20th century alone, we've experienced two world wars with tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people killed. In fact, wars have been fought in the name of Christ. And prophecy would tell us 
that the future holds more war. So the stark reality is that we live in a world where there seems to be very little peace. Now I grew up during the, uh, the Cold War, hiding under my desk during those emergency drills. The communists and the Soviets were our enemies and we lived under the very real threat of nuclear war, nuclear annihilation. In my teen years, Vietnam uh, kind of took center stage. And then during the 1980s, there were a, a few uh, military adventures. But in 1991, um, we sent our troops to the Middle East to conduct an operation known as Desert Storm. And then things dramatically changed on September 11th, 2001, when our country was attacked by terrorists. This became known, our response, as the War on Terror. And as a result, we currently have our military forces stationed around the world, but especially in Iraq and Afghanistan. That war has been going on for over seven years. It's cost thousands and tens of thousands of lives and has created a lot of disagreement and disharmony in our own country and around the world. I think instinctively we all hunger for peace. But it seems that war and conflict are the natural course for this world. Even Jesus himself said, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. How true Jesus' words have proved to be in our time, as we sing kingdom battling kingdom and nations at battle with one another. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but he also knew man's heart, that war would be a reality in this fallen world. Can you even imagine what a world uh, without war would be like? Can you imagine a world at perfect peace, a world without fighting, without arguments or disputes of any kind? I have to be honest, I really can't imagine that because I've never experienced that kind of a world. Really, not even anything close. Even here at the, the good old Flint Citadel, we don't have perfect peace. There are disputes there are disagreements and occasionally there's even a fight. Not usually physical, but, you know, people, people disagree about things. Yet people throughout the centuries have longed for peace. But the truth is, no one, no one has been able to bring peace to this world. But this Christmas morning, this Christmas Sunday morning, I want you to know that God has a plan for peace, for perfect peace. And it started in earnest on that first Christmas morning when he sent us the Prince of Peace. The word for peace used in the Old Testament is one I'm sure you've heard, shalom. Shalom means far more than the absence of conflict. It's used to describe the end of hostilities. Yes, that's true. 
but it also pictures health and wholeness. It denotes harmony and completeness. To have shalom is to not only have a quiet life, a peaceful life, but also to have a fulfilled life, fulfilled in every way. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't your heart yearn for a life of fulfillment? A life that makes sense, that's in harmony? When you have shalom, there is no fear, there is no worry, no feeling of hurt. Instead, there's a sense of harmony and oneness. The peace that shalom brings means that you know your purpose and you have a sense of wholeness and completeness. Everything is exactly the way it should be. Nothing, nothing is out of order. Your inner world as well as your outer world is in harmony. That's what shalom is. And this is the peace that Jesus, our Prince of Peace, came to bring us. You see, Jesus brings us peace between us and God. That is where true peace, where shalom starts. But the problem, and there is a problem, it's that our sin separates us from God. When we sin, we offend God. We offend a righteous and a holy God. When we disobey Him, we create a barrier between us and Him. The Bible says that we deserve punishment for our sins. Exodus 34.7 tells us God does not leave the guilty unpunished. In fact, the Bible often refers to us in our lost condition and sinful condition as enemies of God. So before we can have peace with God, something has to be done about this problem of sin. So God sent the Prince of Peace to fix the problem, to give us peace with God. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you may want to circle the word wages in your Bible or on the back of your program I have that scripture. The word wages means something very specific. It means you have earned it. It's your pay. It's what you deserve. So when you sin, you deserve death. That's what you earn. Now go ahead and circle the word but. But is one of the most powerful words in the English language. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We deserve death. We've earned punishment. But. But God did something about it. But God fixed the situation. He sent the Prince of Peace to take our punishment. Somebody had to do something about this problem, so God took action. Here's an uncomfortable fact. God does not ignore sin. 
He never has, and he never will. The wages of sin is still death. Sin must be paid for. Sin must be punished. That's what the cross of Christ is all about. Jesus went to the cross to take our punishment. Jesus went to the cross to take our place. He paid for our sin. He received the wages that we were due. He took the punishment that we deserved. In the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites often made sacrifice after sacrifice, hoping to pay for their sin. They hoped to somehow fix their broken relationship with God. They understood that sin had to be paid for, that sin could not be ignored, and so they religiously followed a sacrificial system. But animal sacrifice could never truly pay for sin. So God sent the Prince of Peace to die for our sins. Jesus offered himself for my sin. He offered himself for, for your sin, for the sin of the world. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. He sacrificed himself once for all, summing up all the other sacrifices in this sacrifice of himself, the final solution of sin. Our sin has made us God's enemies and put us, so to speak, at war with him. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to fix our sin problem, to end the war. And the good news is that we can now have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, really, Jesus really is God's Christmas gift to us. We were at war with God because of our sin. But Jesus, our Prince of Peace, instead gives us peace with God. He fixed the problem. He took the wages of our sin to the cross so that we could have peace with God. But that's not all. He doesn't only fix our relationship between us and God. Jesus also brings peace within, peace with ourselves. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, of the sky, Jesus said. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Later in Matthew chapter 10, verses 30 through 31, Jesus says, But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Don't be afraid, therefore, you are worth more than many sparrows. Let me tell you, these, these scriptures really aren't about birds. They're really not about the number of hairs on your head. What it's really about is that God sees you as valuable. God doesn't make any junk. God makes things that are holy and pure. God straightens out that which is crooked. He cleans what is dirty. 
He fixes what is broken. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 tells us about God's transforming power. But you were a chosen people. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This Christmas Sunday, if you need to change the way you see yourself, the way the world has taught you to value yourself, if you need to see your potential as God sees it, then then maybe you should read this passage every day because this is how God views us. This is how precious we are to Him. It isn't that God calls us clean when we're dirty or that He sees us as perfect in holiness when we are indulging in sin. It's just that God sees your potential in Christ, the potential He placed there when He created you. In Christ, you are chosen In Christ, you are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. That is how valuable God sees you, and he claims you as his own. That's why he sent the Prince of Peace that first Christmas morning. He has come so that we can have peace with him through Christ's sacrifice for our own sins. He has come so that we will know that we have value in God's kingdom, that that we don't have to be um, down on ourselves or have bad self-esteem because God values us highly. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Just as Isaiah said, He has come to give us peace with God. He has come to give us peace with ourselves. I wonder this morning, do you have it? Do you have peace with God? Do you have shalom? If not, and if you want it, you first must confess your sins to him and then repent. That means you have to reject your sinful ways and you have to to go in a different direction, away from sinful living. Have you asked God to forgive you in Christ's name? If not, I invite you this Christmas Sunday morning to do so right now. Don't wait for a more convenient time or for a setting that's less public. Ask him now. Run to him as one runs for safety in a time of danger. Or maybe your need this morning is to have peace within yourself. Are you at war in your own spirit? Battling things that you know you shouldn't do or that you don't want to do? Uh, Frustrated with your lack of control, with the way your life is going? Are you at war in your own spirit? Ask Jesus to come in as the Prince of Peace and give you his peace, a peace that passes understanding. For to us a child is born, to us 
a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the peace that you have brought to this world. I know we don't see that peace worked out in our political systems, in our governmental systems, in, um, in our relations with other uh, countries and groups. But Lord, you never promised we would have that peace. In fact, you told us uh, there would be conflict. But Lord, I thank you that you have brought a peace that has eternal value. Peace between us and the Father. Thank you, Lord, that you purchased that peace through your own blood on the cross. I thank you, Lord, that you also give us the opportunity to be at peace within ourselves. To live in harmony with those things that we, we know are right. That your spirit and your word would teach us are right. God, I pray that this morning, if there's anyone here, first of all, who is not at peace with you, who is still at odds with you, maybe not even sure that you exist, oh God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal um, yourself to that person or those people, that they might know beyond any doubt this morning that um, you exist and that this, this Christmas story isn't just a story, it's it's the most amazing um, historical event that ever happened, that God became man. And Lord, this morning, if there's any here who are battling within themselves, battling between what they know they should do and what, um, what our enemy would have them do, battling with sin, battling with um, just with their decisions and their place in life. God, I pray that you would bring peace to that heart, to that soul. And God, I thank you that you have the power to do this. Where we fall short, you bring the power. So God, I pray that you do your work in us and through us and among us this morning. Bring us peace, Lord. Bring us shalom. That we might be a people who... Um, who would draw others because they see the peace with which we live. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, your word tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. May we know your peace today as we celebrate the advent of your Son, our Savior. It is in his most holy name that we pray. Amen. This is known as Beauty and the Beast. You've just had beauty, so get ready. <laughs> Sweet chiming Christmas bells.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.